Hashtag Krayla. <laughs> Is this where you saw this going? No. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> it's not the main quest, just the side adventure. It's not with the whole gang, just one of them. Not the main quest, just a side adventure. Look, someone had to miss because they had some other stuff to do that day. But this is what you get. You get a one-on-one -on -one session with one of your favorite characters. At least in the top five. Maybe, well, I guess maybe the top six or seven by now, but... Back to the song. Not the main quest, just the side adventure. Sometimes you have to go off on your own. Roadwalkers, side adventure. Why is this still going on? I don't know. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Roadwalkers, and this is Hashtag Grela Part 3. I don't want to keep you waiting. I'm very excited about this episode. So thanks to the musicians for giving us access to their music. Thanks to Sirenscape for giving us access to their sound effects. And let's just get right to it. They uh, escort you to a clearing in the forest that... They seem very happy with the other elves, um, scouts of some sort, kind of uh, wander back into the forest and presumably take point. Yeah, so you're all kind of given a moment to settle in. It's not so much a clearing as it is a grove. There are beautiful uh, flora and fauna scattered across. You can see that um, if you were to, you know, put your guard down a second, then all manner of deer and rabbit and other creatures native to the forest have no problem walking in and out of this little grove. You are able to kind of sit down and nestle amongst the flowers that scatter across the floor bed. And yeah, a small little camp is set up. Belfiora walks over um, and they look at you and they say, so fancy meeting you here. <laughs> They uh, throw a water skin to you. Oh, Greg, Greg will catch it and take a good, good swig. Yeah, well, uh, it was just trying to come meet this Lady Eurista here, and uh, she looks confused. What do you mean? You came all the way into this forest looking for me. Belfiora seems a little confused. That is peculiar. Uh, well, yeah, we were sort of came for to ask for a little bit of help, and uh, thankfully we happened along just at the right time. <laughs> well, I, I suppose help is what you'll receive. I just suppose I'm not quite clear as to how you knew where to find me. Uh, I, you know, just, we just heard that you were heading this direction, and, uh, we, we came this way. It's, it's really about it. Belfiora stares at you. Peculiar, but you've 
proving yourself worthy, I'm sure, in Lady Eurysta's eyes of an audience. So, you know, puts his hands up. What do I know? Well, um, we, we, we're trying to actually get access or entrance into uh, the city you you came from, I, I think, uh, Torville. Torville. And, well, uh, Torville, yeah, they, they weren't exactly wanting to let us in at first, so we thought perhaps if we could, you know, get the backing of someone like yourself, they <laughs> would let us in. Um, <clears throat> she's trying to hold it together, and she's doing a pretty good job so far, and she says, what... Why do you seek entrance to Torville? I just need to get in there to look for my son. No, your son? She seems a little concerned, and Belfiore kind of comes over and puts a knee to the ground, listens to you. Some one, something took my son, and we think that they are in the city, or at least they're going to be in the city. Belfiora says, I am, um, you know, obviously I'm coming into this with a, a certain lack of knowledge the rest of you possess, but um, it's my understanding that there is no entrance into Toivel. What, what, what do you mean there's no entrance? I, well, not unless they want let you people in. in? Well, what, what makes them want you in? I mean, nobody, you guys don't want anybody to get in there? They don't want anyone in there? They kind of smile and they say, well... I don't want to speak too much for Lady Eurysta, but uh, Torvale's not, nece- uh, not necessarily uh, an inviting place. You know what is a nice place? And she says, don't start. He says, Calthanis. Well, that's, I mean, it I sounds like it must be nice. You must be from there, I take it? I am. I am. It's a uh, quite wondrous place. Well, if it's anything as... You know, welcoming as you, I'm sure it's very nice. It, it is, then. And they kind of give you a smile. Uh, but, uh, no, it'd be nice to visit, but we actually, like I said, you know, we're looking for my son. And, uh, well, there's a, the person that took my son. They said he's from there, actually, but they said he's not been there. But we've got a bad feeling about what he might try to do. What do you mean, she says. Well, you might... I don't know if you're aware of this person. I, I take it you probably are. Uh, his name's Henline. Henline, I... Oh, dear poor Henline. I am very much aware of that name, yes. Poor Henline? What is... Why do you, why do you say that? Just because well, he was the... He... The dreamless thing? That is correct. He is, he is one of the dreamless. He is... Someone who obviously is one of us, but was never able to really connect, unfortunately. And that, as you might imagine, kind of left him on the edges of our culture and society. Much of what we do is wrapped so intricately with the dreaming. And being that he could not meet us there or be a part of it or any experiences, well, he felt... He felt himself an outcast. Perhaps a bit bitter. I I suppose so. I mean, he was allowed to live in the city. I don't know what else we could have done for him. We were told that there were some threats made by him towards others of your city. 
Oh, that old dust up. Yes, he at one point um had he believed that he had a way to enter uh the dreaming and it was something that we were not comfortable with him trying at our ceremonies. And what was this? Well, we didn't hear him out. So you don't know what it was? No, no, no. But wait, you said he wanted oops, you said he wanted to do it at the ceremony he at the wanted ceremony to that's perform going to some sort of ritual in an attempt to join us in the dreaming. Would this have taken place during the ceremony that's to take place soon? No, different ceremony. It was rather Why, unfortunate. What about it made it seem inappropriate? Why was that? Because he wanted to perform some sort of unknown ritual in hopes that he could uh, walk into the dreaming with us. And, you know, it was Father Callista's birthday party. I don't know. It's just... Father Callista? Yeah. <laughs> All right. It just seemed like the wrong time. It wasn't really about him. It was about, you know, our chosen day of celebration. Well, from what we are aware of, he is at the very least nearby uh, Torville. And from what we hear, you have a ceremony coming up. That's a very important one. Oh, very much so, yes. Tonight. It's tonight. Well, I have, we have a feeling that he's going to try to, I don't know, hijack it or interrupt it with whatever he's planning. And from what we can tell, he seems to be either possessed or working with creatures that are related to what we just faced. We call them nightmares. But whatever ones he's involved with are probably much... Possibly more powerful, smarter. And you are you worried about him? I suppose that's my question. He's never been much of a threat before. He's something of a pitiful man. <laughs> Perhaps on his own he was not a threat, but now he is involved with creatures that seek to destroy the happiness of any waking or dreaming creature there is. They don't just want to destroy existence because then they wouldn't have anything to feed off of. But they want to make existence miserable. And he's in league with these these foul creatures? Yes. And he has Greg's son. And I'm not sure if he plans to do something with him or if it's just a ploy to bring us there or what. But I do think the fact that he is... Nearby Torville during this time means that he it's means Torville. to interrupt Torville, Torville. You cannot hear a difference when she says it. Tor- Torville. 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 He's there at this time because he intends to somehow interrupt that ceremony. Oh. Perhaps take control of it himself. I have to admit, normally, in any other circumstance, I would be much closer to laughing this this idea off, this notion that someone like Henline, one of the, one of the dreamless, could ever really be any kind of threat. But with what I've seen today and the debt that I'm in, I suppose that the least I could do is bring you to the ceremony. That would be much appreciated. I will tell you that they won't cancel the ceremony, especially for someone like Henline. I just, 
I have a feeling that, especially now, knowing that he is what you call the dreamless, I have a feeling that the nightmares were probably somehow able to convince him that they could help him get to the dreaming or be a part of it with their methods. Unfortunately, those methods are quite unsavory. Are you helping to find your son at, at our ceremony? Yes, that as well. So the two of you, how long have you been together? Well, we've been traveling for not really sure how long exactly, actually. What's your son's name? Sometimes. She kind of smiles as she leans forward. Layla just like awkwardly looks at Greg. Oh, his his name is Lucy. My 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 little angel. No. He's he's everything, you know. How old is he? Oh, he's uh gosh, how old is he now? I, I want to say he's he's 3 now, I think. You know, we believe that much of the potential and the the destiny of a young child lies in Whose eyes they have? Do they have your eyes or your your wife's eyes? Oh, we're not. Oh no, we're, we're definitely. It's not my child. It's it's his child. Yeah, no, it's 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 me and my. Uh, well, I, my ex-wife, I guess. We, oh. She, you know, was her and um. Well, I like to think he has my eyes. Oh, I'm so sorry. What? Why? What? Why thought you two were together? I assumed. Oh no, no, no! It's, that's that's okay. Oh, no, we are not. We're not together. That's um. <clears throat> she just kind of like. Belfort, yeah, kind of leans forward. Not yet. <laughs> he uh. uh Belforia uh, and uh, Lady Eurus to kind of have a little bit of a giggle. <laughs> no, not uh, we're not together. Definitely. Oh. Belforia just holds their heart and looks at Greg like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Layla's so far. Oh, no. That is not the no, thing. No, just definitely not. Greg's just like, well, I didn't think I was that bad, but uh, okay. <laughs> but I think I'm a pretty stand-up guy, but you know, that's all right. I, I see. I see. Right. Well. Regardless. Oh, well. Um... Lady Erst, I'd be honored to escort you to the tree line. Uh, as you know, kind of grimaces a little bit. Um, your your city's not our way. And she kind of nods and she says, I understand. So I won't be leaving the forest, but it seems that you're in good company. And if everything you're saying is true, you might want to make it back sooner rather than later. It's be lucky to meet the beginning of the ceremony if, if you don't leave now. And that is something you hadn't considered. Callion was able to take you deep into the forest, but unless you're having a little bit of a mixer, you're going to have to walk the rest of the way. How far is it to there? About half a day's journey. Now, is that walking slowly, or what kind of walking pace Walking slower than a floating wagon. Do you have any sort of wagon uh, or something that I could pull? Could be pulled. Belfiora looks around. I guess the remnants of of her wagon. Mm, I could turn into a larger horse and pull it. How long do you hold your wild shapes? Well, that's what I'm just going to look at, too. It's at least a couple hours, I know. 
but let's see wild shape three hours i mean it might it, you could do it it help a bit <sighs> okay yeah we'll do a wild we'll do a short rest yep so the rest of you kind of sprawl out and relax for an hour no one uh on the other side of the camp is complaining about this so you walk back into the forest and you find the wreckage of the wagon, although it obviously the, the crystal still holds, so there's a bit of a platform. And um, you, La Lady Eurysta wasn't prepared for this. She wasn't prepared oh, yeah. to come back the scattered oh, yeah. bodies and the blood. Yeah, could we like try to carnage. keep her back at first before we like bring you her own here? You definitely could have. Shit. Had you thought of it, there Belfira are definitely contingencies. It could have been played. That is a great question. Oof. I don't know if Layla or Greg asked me that, but that's <laughs> okay. So once we get However... close, once we get close, <laughs> yeah, she seems. Distraught. Greg's gonna try to like shield her a little bit. Like, I'm so sorry. Belfiora steps forward, and him and uh, the scouts that reveal themselves again begin to remove the bodies and do what they can. They even uh, take a few of their uh, blankets and stretch it across as best they can. It was a pretty luxurious wagon, so they can't get everywhere. But they try to attempt to lay them down like rugs and cover as best they can. Layla will, like, druid craft a few, like, flowers and herbs to make it smell a little better. Maybe not so fresh <laughs> carnage <laughs> Just, like, some nice lavender or something, you know? <laughs> nice lavender. <laughs> a little smell. <laughs> You sprigs. All right, let's uh let's head back to your Torville. Torville. Tor Tor Torville. Sorry about that's what I said. There you go. Once you're all settled in, what is Layla doing to make this happen? So is it? So you said this, the crystal is still kind of there. So is it still kind of floaty? Or? No, it's there. There, the crystals okay, are intact, okay. so it's able to still float. Yeah. As long as it's still like kind of floaty is there like a thing like she can like attach to kind of or well yeah they were the reins and those yeah. small floating crystals so she could just duck beneath like un you know behind the crystals in between that's pretty much yeah, and, what yeah. she was gonna do then that, yeah. was, that was my so you're my gonna idea. get advantage because it's floating sweet all right uh. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a pass fail. So okay, cool, cool. You are able to. And what form did you take again? Uh, a war horse. So like a large, like like fucking. I think God, it's probably like a freaking Clydesdale size almost. But <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, shifting into this massive uh, beast of burden, good enough for beer commercials. You are able to. <laughs> Uh, start trekking through the forest. You get a couple hours in with this kind of uh, strength. You know, you do feel like you've made some significant progress. After that, once once Layla's no longer uh, an Esquian. Yeah, three hours later. <laughs> yeah. When, once you've lost that form, what do you do then? All right. Well, that's about as far as I can get us with that. I guess we'd be walking. Yeah. So, um, after three hours of uh, beastly travel, uh, you're able to, you know, feel a little bit confident. You got a little bit of a, a lead on it. 
And from then on, you trek through the forest, uh, you know, with feet instead of hooves. (laughs) (laughs) And given time and a good pace, you're able to make it back a bit before the ceremony. Torville, uh, at dusk, is breathtaking as the oranges and the reds and the kind of the the fires that are tucked inside of the light that spreads throughout the city. There's something you're not sure if you're ever going to see again. But Mm -hmm. you make your way towards the city. The rhombus is silent (laughs) as you walk (laughs) past with Lady uh, Irista. Layla's a little, like... She's a little pompous as like when she's walking <laughs> this time. <laughs> like, ha, 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 And you make your way into the city. The As breathtaking as the city was outside, being imbued almost with the hues that fracture from across the buildings, it feels like you're on a whole other world. Now, the buildings don't have signs outside of them. They, whatever their purpose is, you're not quite sure. There must be a system that the people must know how their city works. Um, But they seem to be free of uh, notation and advertisement. No no quirky tavern names. Mm -hmm. No uh, silly sword signs. You make your way through. And Lady Arista says, I hope this is everything you thought it would be. This is a very special time for us to celebrate the birth of creativity. It's certainly very interesting, and I'm very intrigued to see what this is. Callian kind of doesn't want to let that go. He says, you keep saying that. What does that mean? And she says, well, there wasn't really... There wasn't really creativity or inspiration in our world until the first elves decided to you know we're trying to think how to put this what you would call it what you would call immortal we don't move on until we want to when we do we simply become a part of the dreaming again we leave behind us expression itself the world had not really known true inspiration, creativity, until the first of us had left it behind in our wake as we transitioned. What? So when you say you leave behind creativity, what exactly is it like art, or what? What do you mean? Exactly the the passing of an elf, whereas you leave. Forgive me for being crude husks or corpses we leave behind uh, a sonnet that is unforgettable a piece of music that that changes the soul of another creature like you literally leave behind something like that yes really do you leave behind a body as well or no no just that nothing so well I don't want to offend so you die and your body disappears and left behind is some poem or song or canvas or something. Exactly. Sometimes something as simple and beautiful as a moment. That's all of you. Yeah, yeah. Except for the dreamless. 
the dreamless are, well, they're forced to bury their own. It's all rather unfortunate. She keeps walking. As you near the center of the city, you can see the castle in its its full glory. It really is. It seems to, even though you, because it uh, breaks and scatters the light, you are able to bask in its glory, but you don't simply see through it. Even though it's crystal, you don't, like, you're not looking through the floor. It is breathtaking. It's several stories tall. Um, and it serves not just as a home for royalty, but kind of as a beacon for all of Tor- Torville. And this is where it seems like most of the city has gathered. Um, all elves, of course, all people of uh, beautiful angular features, long, kind of pulled back, pointy ears. Um, each one of them dressed in a form of elegance. Kalyan looks extremely uncomfortable. Layla's gonna try and probably in vain, but she just wants to like look around and just see if by any chance she can see. <laughs> He's like, that, hey, what up? That, Hein- that Heinville dude. Or Heinville. Heinlein. <laughs> Henline. Hen- Jesus Christ. Yeah, Henline, that dude. God. No, we're um, not quite seeing him. Yeah, um, yeah. And it would be rude of anyone to to stare at the juxtaposition of <laughs> right. Team Grela versus everyone else. So they're not looking at you. They're not. But they don't. we can feel them like trying no. not to. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. That not. would be impolite in a proper society. Not. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Greg's just blissfully unaware. He's just like, wow, like looking at the crystal and everything and just kind of taking it all in. But as the wow. sun begins to set and the light kind of pulls away, he watches Lady Arista looks up, she smiles and she says, it is time. I hope you can join us. Uh, yeah, we, we would love to, to be able to join you. In the dreaming. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we might be able to. We can... Still in your mind, and she closes her eyes and she looks up. And a calm falls over the city. The sounds of Torville fade as it falls into a quiet that makes your own breathing sound like thunder. The light that emanates from the castle above spreads, pouring into each and every one of the structures that makes up this wondrous kingdom. The people of Torville accept this as they arch their backs and open their arms, accepting the offers of the kingdom. Kalyan's not sure what to do. Yeah, um... Layla is still keeping an eye for anyone that's not, because she and she just kind of turns, I'm not sure if Henline is going to be able to join this or if he's going to try to interrupt from this side or not. Soon the light spreads across them. At its most intense, you no longer see the people, just suggestions left behind by the light's warm embrace. Before you know it, the city itself is basked in a light that you shouldn't be able to stand yet welcome all the same. Each of you is filled with a peace, 
such that you don't realize you've already crossed over into the dreaming. The marble structure of the city are replaced with wondrous crystal, making you curious if the city itself was partially already made of the dreaming itself. The city is at peace as the people find themselves again. None of them notice, of course, what you do, however. High above the castle, you make out the smallest of objects. It's near two-dimensional, but the darkness that pulsates from it seems to be able to cast a shadow across the entirety of Torville. With another moment, the silence of the city is broken with the sound of a suckling. With that, you watch as a familiar black liquid splatters against each and every structure in the city of Torville as the object in the sky continues to pulsate. An object that even from this phenomenal distance, Greg would have no trouble placing. It is the mirror walk. Here, above the city of Torville. People are startled, they're scared, they're not sure what to do. Each of the buildings seems to be filling like vials holding back some kind of dark inky substance, an all too familiar inky substance. That's when the panic sets in. And Lady Arista looks at you. Is this it? Is this what you're here for? What? I don't understand what's going on. Calm. We must get everyone calm. The more fear is mongered, the worse this could be. Help us to calm them all. Perception checks. Okay, so for Greg, that is... Six. For Layla, that's an 18. So, in between the moments where the nightmares are pouring out of the buildings themselves in endless waves, Layla is able to spot one more thing. On top of the castle, below the mirror walk, is an individual. Individual long robe kind of fancied up like they've come for some sort of grand ceremony with long white hair angular features kind of almost exaggerated long pointy elvish ears it is the individual that you noticed before it is headline panic breaks through the city as the nightmares have come broken out and poured themselves out of these crystal perfectly reflective buildings and begin to take the citizens of Torville high above Layla is the only one that seems to notice headline Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you do because you're in the middle of a number of growing and escalating situations. And Greg and Layla are going to have to figure out what's their plan and what's their priority. Because immediately Callion says, what are we doing? As he also notices Henline at that same moment. Now here's one thing, one, one thing in Layla's pocket. Because if you can find a mirror, Layla knows that she can work 
to rip the nightmares out of the surfaces and free the mirror. Okay? You've done it before. When Layla's had to make her way back to her friends, she's done so by ripping the nightmares out of the way. It's the only way you've ever been able to escape the dreaming as you've been kind of swirled and hunting the nightmares. When it's time to break out, nightmares know to seal these ways off. You've encountered it many times, which is why Layla has had to actually rip fucking nightmares <laughs> out of the mirrors they so desperately try to block. If Layla can find a mirror, she can do that again. I don't know what she would do with that, but you've got that one piece of knowledge in your pocket. So we can travel through the mirrors, right? You can use mirrors to get back to the uh, to the waking. But that's the, so we can't can we tra- we can't travel can we travel through the dreaming through the mirrors or is that just to get to the waking? No, like, you can't. But hen- but but Callian can. And there you're already starting to put together some pieces of the puzzle. Now Greg mm-hmm. doesn't know any of this, so you're gonna have to have a a, a bit of a conversation real fast about what you're gonna do. But yes, you are right, Layla. Um, the pieces that you have in front of you, these people are going to be torn asunder. Or worse. But there's just tons of the nightmares coming out, right? Tons of the nightmares. The idea comes down to, is the focus, because Layla knows how to do it, is the focus evacuation? Is the focus henline? Or is the is the focus somewhere in between? So, Kalyan looks to you. He's waiting to find out what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Layla and Greg. So, Layla first gets Greg's attention, points up to Henline. He's up there. And is Lady Eurista still with us, too? She's sort of, but she's half sort checked of. out, trying right. starting so to move c- towards her people. And it's that moment that Greg locks eyes impossibly with Henline. And Henline looks at you and smiles. And Greg just like feels that rage kind of build up in him a bit. Layla, she so Layla knows there's no way we can just fight all these things. So the only way to kind of get through this is some sort of evacuation, but in order to do that, they gotta be able to go yeah, through the mirrors. So she's gonna kind of try to get she's gonna kind of like talk to people around and like Lady Arissa and be like, Do oh, was she telling what? this to Greg? Because like Greg is staring up there and Callian's looking at you both like Yeah, so um So she's trying to kind of like get everyone's attention, kind of so she points out Henline to Greg, and then she tries to get Greg's attention. Like he's he just kind of he he's like his fists are balled up, definitely like he's he's very angry and trying to hold it in, but he tries to you know pay attention to what Layla's saying to him because obviously he can't just get up there, and so um, Layla says we can travel through the mirrors. Callian's help. The rest of you, you can get through the mirrors, but we have to get the nightmares out of them. Do what I do. And she's going to try to start, and like... Kalyan says, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
<laughs> he looks at you. I can't get into the mirrors. The mirrors are blocked. That's I'll tell you what, what I can do. And he pulls one of his blades out. I can take you right up there. You can take us up there right now? I can take you up there right now. Take Greg up and there. there it um, is. Is evacuation your goal? Or is Henline your goal? Layla is going to look at Callie and say, take Greg up there. I'll meet you up there. Callian puts his hand on Greg's shoulder and says, We're going to get your son back, but understand one thing. We don't see him yet. (sighs) Lucy, where are you? We need to find out where he is. Okay. And with that, he takes a step forward and him and Greg are gone. And Layla's just trying to tell everyone, do what I do. And trying to show them how to get, like, try, try to start ripping the nightmares out of the nearest reflective surface. <laughs> now, here's the challenge. For Layla, rushing up to one of these impossibly tall buildings and ripping out every nightmare inside, it's got to be a near impossibility. You're going to need to find something smaller that you can handle. You're going to need to actually find, like, something like a mirror. <laughs> okay, so yeah, she'll try to find something smaller than that she can do that with. We're going to do initiative. Alright. Layla. Uh, Layla is a 20. Greg. 13. Alright. And so we start again with Layla. So Layla because we can because with the Dreamwalker background we can try to use our spells or abilities to try to like do weirder things right mm-hmm. uh, so she's gonna try to um, she has the spell daylight so it just makes like a little small sun essentially mm-hmm. like most everything is kind of reflective here right like are the doors reflective are the doors yep. reflective well then she's gonna look for a door got it right away uh huh and um, she'll cast daylight making sure the doors in this area too but also just getting that whole area and she's gonna cast daylight with the intention to try to like like just blow as many of the nightmares as she can out of that out of any of the reflective surfaces there so you cast daylight and you pour a tremendous amount of light into that door Mm -hmm. uh, into that door you make it so reflective that if you wanted to you could reach out and rip those nightmares out like you've done in the past Yep. That's that was your action. I mean, I can bonus action shillelagh just in case, I guess. <laughs> so, sure. We'll shillelagh. Alright, All right, so what does that look like? Um, just her her staff just starts... It, it was already a little gnarled, but it gets a little more gnarled, and um, the wood just starts to, like, some vines start to wrap around it with, like, little thorns on it, and it just looks a little bit darker than it did before. All right, Greg, your eyes continue to, to hold on Henline, who seems patient. And then with that, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Callion has now grabbed you by the shoulder, taken a step up, and within just the, the blink of an eye, you are standing up. You're on the balcony of the castle, not too far away from Henline. As he stares and he says... Gregory, it is my absolute pleasure to meet you. Where's my boy? Greg says as he starts running towards him. 
You are going to need to make an athletics check to clear the balcony and then start running up. Okie doke. Athletics. All right. Thirteen. Thirteen's good enough. Okay. You're able to clear it and then you race up there. You're not able to get to him in time. Layla. Um, so yeah, Layla is now going to try to pull out the nightmares. How do you want to do it? She'll try to use her now shillelagh staff to kind of like stab into the the doorway and kind of like rip it out with it. All right. So that yeah, give me an athletics check. 14. You can feel the nightmare wrap around your staff and try to pull you in. So no headway yet. It's turn. Roll athletics. 21. So it tries to rip you in there, and it's trying to spread uh, its essence, its body across your shillelagh, but so far to no avail. Greg, you are within striking distance. Where's my boy? He smiles and just looks at you. It's so sad. You don't even know where you left him. He was in Mercurius. Wandering the streets. He was not wandering the streets. He was being taken care of. By who? I trusted friends and allies. Friends and allies. He looks at you shocked. I didn't encounter any of those. And he's going to attack him. Um, well, that's going to be a miss. That's like a nine. Yep, so he kind of sidesteps it. And he says, did you often leave your son behind as you wandered the world and had little adventures? I was doing it to protect him. And I'll attack again. Jesus Christ, it's a 12. He sidesteps that as well. And he says, well, I guess we should judge you by your actions, your successes. He seems rather safe. So you did a good job, father. Uh, and then flurry of blows. <laughs> 25 to hit. That one hits. For nine damage. And then last strike. Jesus Christ, that's a 15 to hit. Uh, no. Besides yep. that as well. Yep, of course. The darkness underneath him that has consumed the building takes him. And then he appears much farther away on another part of the castle. He just appears? Fuck. He says, the sad truth is that you're not quite sure if your son's in a better place right now. And then with that, it's his turn. And <clears throat> you watch as he puts his hand to the side and then a bow kind of erupts from the skin and ink of his hand. And then he lets it go as it begins to float. Ugh. And then it fires off at you. Eight psychic damage. You feel it strike not in your chest, but through your mind. And then after that, Kalyan, who seems more than happy to uh, return fire. The bow is already out. Two quick shots, each one in one of his shoulders, and then they fall out. I'm not saying he didn't take damage, but he's not letting the arrow stay in his shoulders. And then Kalyan looks and takes a step forward and then ends up near you. Okay. Just in case. He says, remember, friend, 
We need information, too. Okay. New round, Layla. I'll try again to rip the nightmares out with the shillelagh. Mother fucking shit balls. Roll shitty, roll shitty. <laughs> Five. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so yeah, the, the shillelagh goes in, and then you rip the nightmare out, and now the door is open. So you ripped him out, and that daylight pours into the door, and it's no longer a suitable vessel for more nightmares. Okay, then she just kind of calls out, Go back to the waking world from here! This is your escape! And they look, and they turn to you, and they, they seem confused. This is your way out! Protect yourselves! From across the city, from through all of Torville, you hear Henline shout, Yes, leave my city. Be banished from the dreaming. It is your choice. A choice I was never given. And it's at that moment that suddenly this might just sink in for the people, for Layla, Greg, Callion. People of this city have a choice. If they leave, and if Henline speaks the truth, this might be the way that they banish themselves from their own city, at least on the dreaming side. And you're not sure they have much of a choice because the nightmares are already swelling. You'll die if you stay here. And I need you to make a powerful persuasion check because these people do not know what to do. It's up to Layla. Come on, Layla. 20. We'll see what happens. Greg, you're up on top of the castle in the middle of the sky. The mirror walk pulsating above you. Henline at least 100 feet away. 100? Jesus Christ. How high up is the mirror walk? The mirror walk is about 25 feet. And it's just like floating, like just dead space, nothing around. Mm -hmm. You can Ugh. see it pulsating and just it is emanating darkness greg's gonna like because greg knows that he's like he knows he's not smart and he knows that <laughs> he can't he's smart reach. enough to know he's not not dumb he's, he knows that but he's wise enough to know he's not smart how about that <laughs> so he's like so and he knows that he can't just reach the thing so he's gonna look at callian we gotta do something about that that mirror i'm on it and then he's gonna keep running towards the uh, headline. Then, which I can't right. clear it, but he's gonna he's gonna run that direction and. Athletics check. Yup. Yuck yuck. Fuck me, god damn it! Sideways. Uh, eleven. Eleven. Yeah. No. So you yeah. run and yeah. you jump. Shit and you grab on uh, to the ledge, a spire on top of the castle. You're kind of just hanging there now. And Henline looks quite pleased. As I feel that, I'm not sure, and he's going to try to, he's just trying to get, so he's going to try to step with the wind. Then, Ooh. So he just gets mad and steps with the wind, which doubles my jump distance. Yep, so the step with the wind, you're able to just kind of lift yourself up, jump on the, uh, <clears throat> Kind of like on the tilted roof, mm -hmm. and then make a run, and you're almost there. 
Henline looks relaxed. He's not worried about your approach at all. <clears throat> Henline's turn, and he says, So what now? Are you going to suddenly arrive and convince me to tell you anything? I'm, I'm obviously living my best life right now. Why did you take him? Smiles as he gets ready to ask you this. The real question is, why weren't you there for him? And then the bow fires off. Two more hits. 20 damage altogether. Psychic. I'll, tr- I'll like try ten to... Ten. Um, yeah, I'm going to actually, for one of them then, I'm going to deflect missiles. Okay, so, so I fully block the damage from one of them, in which case I can spend a key point to throw it back at him. Is he within 60 feet or 20? Oh, yes. So t- you got to d- roll, but you, then you got to tell me how it looks, because I don't think we've ever seen Greg just fucking rage this bad. 17 to hit. <laughs> That'll hit. So, yeah, like, one of them hits him, but as it hits him, like, as he sees the other one, he just kind of, like... Um, he just kind of like tilts in just a way that he grabs it and just um, just all like this rage in his face like the angriest anyone's ever seen him he's never looked this mad before and just uses all of his might to just add like fucking football throw it right back to him <clears throat> but this one goes inside him mm-hmm. the last ones were like Tew. but this did some damage he looks absolutely shocked. Where is Lucy? And it is Callion's turn. Callion, for the first time ever, pulls his hood back. You can see him in a way. I don't know that Greg's ever seen him. You see the, the deep blue skin, wild hair, the look of determination as... Breathes. He attempts to do something he's never done before. Ooh. Runs and he jumps off the side hmm. of the castle. And then suddenly, you hear him land on top of the mirror walk. Yes! Blades drawn. Sweet. He swings them. Fucking and sweet. He pulls back, ready to try to shatter the mirror. But it's a new round. Yes. And it is Layla's turn. You watch the people trust you and start to pour in. We're talking about an entire city. There's a point where Layla might have to make a call. Is Layla going to keep one door open for all of the city? Or does Layla have something bigger and better planned? Or is there something else that Layla has to do? What is Layla's mentality right now? And what does she choose to do? I think right now, Layla, because like she, I think she feels like, because I mean, some of the people have already been taken by the nightmares, right? Is what it looks like, anyways. Like, no. Oh no. Give me a perception check. Sixteen. They're being bashed and bruised, but they're not being taken over, and they're not being killed. Okay, they're they're not like are any of them like like unconscious even? They're not killing them. That's. But they look like they could. Something else is going on. So she's just going to leave this doorway open then, I think. And I don't... Because, yeah, like, she's confused that they're not killing them. So it's like... 
it almost feels like maybe they're trying to scare the people more so than anything. And so she's just going to leave this one doorway open so that some people can get out if they need to. But she doesn't know if she feels like she has to open anything bigger. And if they're With not that, Layla's eyes turn skyward to watch the battle. You see everything I've described so far except for one more thing. It's no longer light out. The sky is darkness. The sky is something that you've seen before. The skies are dark. Endlessly dark. The stars are dead. And you see... As you look downward, the ground starts to soil and crack. Man. You saw this once before, the vision where you saw the fall of Janzibar. Mm-hmm. You saw that the nightmares had spread and wrapped countless people and held them like chains. The nightmares in that vision clawing at any reflective surface mirrors anything longingly as you look around now the nightmares don't seem to have that problem in fact nightmares are already in the reflections so if they wanted to could they not step right through into the waking? You're watching what might just be the fall of an entire city. So she needs to get up there. So Layla is going to polymorph herself into a giant eagle. So polymorphing into a giant eagle, mm-hmm. which has 80 foot fly speed. Yeah. They fast. <laughs> And she will fly as fast up there as she can towards that henline. As soon as you do, henline sees you. <laughs> He's suddenly far away from Greg again. How far away did he teleport? <laughs> uh, it looks like another hundred feet. Jesus fucking shit. All right. Um, he will. Run. He's, he's gonna run towards, towards Henline. Mm-hmm. Run, action, move towards Henline. Acrobatics. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so he races along banisters and basically wall jumps as he needs to, and parkour. And he's just continuously asking about. Um, Lucy, why did you take him? What what do you want him for? What, why, why did you take him from me? And Henline looks at you and he says, Again, I didn't take him from you. I took him from Macarius, where you should have been. He was safe there. He knew. Was he? He it was. He kind of gives you that smile once again. He was. I don't think he was. I was trying to protect him. This is all for him. Every time you talk about what you're trying to do, 
and you look at me and see that you failed, it shows that you never really a father to him at all. You left him abandoned. You did not do anything right for him. You don't even know how he disappeared. Because the fact is, he disappeared from your life before I showed up. You've had all this time to look for him. Not once have I heard your approach. We let you know exactly what was going on. It took you a little bit of time to decide to, oh, yeah. And then it's uh, Callion. So <sighs> Callion takes his blades. Drives them in and finds no connection. He's just realized that he might not be able to shatter it because he's just attacking Nightmare. Well, I feel like, I don't know, does Callion seem like he feels... Because he can't really do anything up there now because he's, he's just kind of fucked up there, I'm guessing. It's <laughs> a great question. There, I'll just move up as high as I can towards the mirror then for now. All right, cool. Yeah, you're racing up. Yep. Now, <clears throat> Henline, the touch of concern, but still a very much um, a bit of cockiness. He pulls back and then he stretches his arm forward and then you watch as inky tendrils burst out of the mirror walk and begin to wrap around Callion. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Greg. Okay. He hasn't moved further away from me yet, has he? He did not. He decided to focus. Yes. Perfect. So then I will <laughs> run over to him. And I'm just going to attack him, I guess. I'm just going to start drawing a pummel and 18 to hit. 8 damage and a stunning strike. <gasps> he seems Got him? stunned. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. So, advantage. Hit this bitch. 20 to hit him. So then that's 6 damage. I'm just wondering if I knocked him prone, try to knock him prone, because that that wouldn't he would he get he wouldn't get like disadvantage or anything because like I know normally they would fail dex or strength saves, but if I try to shove him down, yeah, it's a, oh you want to shove him off the building? Do I want to shove him off this building? <laughs> I kind of want to shove him off the building. How high up are we actually? this point you're probably about like 200 feet in the sky <laughs> oh man okay 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 I mean it's a 24 anyways <laughs> just eat him off the fucking parapets <laughs> alright go ahead and roll the damage for the fall damage yeah I rolled a 10 so 20d6, right? Because it's 10, it's 1d6 per 10 feet. Oh my god. How many d6 do I have right here? <laughs> 31, um, 35, 40, 45, 50, 60, 70 damage. He falls from the sky crashes into the ground. He watches the broken soil and 
fragments of crystal shatter as he lays there and looks up at you and kind of smiles and he says well if that's the way you want to play in this dream <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no Kalyan wants to get away and can't Layla Layla is gonna try to go down and like swoop down and pluck Kalyan out of them, out of their grasp. All right, try so to, you're gonna try do to help action. Greg. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man, this is the dumbest fucking shit. I probably should not do this. Do I do this again? What are you gonna do? <laughs> just pile drive and be fucking players. Oh I just god. like from two hundred feet. How much? Oh my god! I don't know if that's a good idea. Or not. <laughs> fucking <laughs> fuck it. You know what? Fuck it. We gonna do it. We eat it. Let's him. go. We gonna do it. This is stupid. It's dumb. But fuck it. All right. So what am I rolling? <laughs> You're not. Just, it's. I'm counting it as a saving throw. Okay. And I don't think he can make deck saving throws. He can't, no. He fails automatically. So you're just doing the damage. I'm just doing 10d6 damage. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> this is the dumbest shit I've ever done. Before you roll, describe it. That way I get him in order. So, like, so what does Greg do? So Greg's up there. He sees him on the ground. He sees him on the ground and he's just like seeing red right now, hearing all these taunts about him not taking care of his son and how he didn't, you know, care enough to to come after him or be there for him. And Greg just he's just furious. And so he just runs and jumps and kind of like as he's falling, maybe like spins a little bit, gets a little momentum going with the elbow. <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna elbow drop off the side of the castle. <laughs> it's gonna elbow drop off the side. Well, by the math, that is 10d6. Ooh, 10d6 of elbow damage. 33 damage. Alright, now let's figure out. You drop 200 feet. I, I, can, I can absorb 35 damage of whatever my fall damage. So you rush off, you jump. <clears throat> you elbow drop him in the chest. You can hear mm -hmm. a splattering and a cracking, and and then you crash as well. And you take, after the the monk's <laughs> slow fall reduction, 42 damage. 42? 42. How much damage did you roll? Holy fuck. I rolled 77 damage. I'm fucked. I'm down. He turns over and looks at you. And he coughs up nightmare. And he pulls open his cloak a little bit. And he says, say goodbye to your father. <gasps> he lets the cloak drop, puts his hand up into the sky, no. and Kalyan is taken into the mirror. It is a new round. This is going so south. It is up to Layla. <laughs> And, so and Greg's death saves. Layla, you have seen Kalyan taken into the mirror walk to who knows where. You watch as your companion, Greg, lays 
possibly lifeless on the floor of Torville. And then you watch as Henline starts to stir. What do you do? Um, so Callion's just fucking gone, right? He's just in the fucking thing. Shit balls. He's fucked. All right, well. You also see Henline is having a difficult time pulling himself up. So you have several options, and I'm not sure which one you are going to, to gravitate towards. <laughs> Henline is also moving towards Greg. I can double move the 160. Is there somewhere I can land relatively safely? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could land somewhere safely. Yeah. So I'm going to try to go as far as I possibly can to get as close to Greg as I can, land, and then drop polymorph as a free action. Bonus action. <clears throat> we'll do third level healing spirit on to top Holy of Greg. Holy crap. What clutch. All right. What does your healing spirit look like? <clears throat> Jesus. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the spirit of... Sergeant Swole burst back into life so that Greg may live. Healing spirit works how again? Isn't it like uh, you heal on your turn? Yes. I'm sure he's going to try to kill me beforehand, but... Next. We're going to hope not. <laughs> watch as swirl of darkness this huge explosive fist from Henline who has not gotten up yet he hasn't had time he's too concerned about this turns over crashes failed death save it is Greg's turn Greg's turn, and then I get, I, I did it at third level, so I believe that is 2d6 I get back. I wish they could see the, the Cali hole. So I get eight health back. Greg's eyes open like he's in the beginning of a lost episode. And he's just like right next to me pretty much, right? And he's still lying down, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he hasn't got. Neither one of you gotten up. And the best part is too. I don't hardly have to use any moves because drunken monk, baby, drunken <laughs> monk. To, I can just. I think I use like five feet of movement to get up. Yeah, you kip up essentially. And then he's just gonna go try to stomp this guy. Go like, for it. <sighs> and he's prone, so I get advantage. Yes, yeah, he's getting up as soon as he can. So that's twenty-one to hit him. Seven damage. <laughs> the first one. Stunning strike. 16. So he fights it off. You crash into him and you, you, you punch him right in his solar plexus and he instead of like succumbing to that, you watch as he explodes and becomes thicker and thicker with like nightmarish almost armor. Give me back my boy! That's like 26 to hit. He doesn't even want you! You're lying! And then that's 6 damage and Gloria blows. There we go. It's 19 to hit, and then that's six more damage. You you blast away some of that nightmarish uh, protection that he's trying to form. Has a 17 to hit. That's a hit. And then seven more damage to him. You put a big crack through that nightmarish armor he's still trying to form. He doesn't seem to be able to put it together now. 
He pulls back and he brings that giant kind of monstrous fist into the bottom of your face, right into your neck for a vicious uppercut. And that deals 10 damage. God damn it. God damn it. Oh, I just had gotten eight back too. I think I don't, I'm saying there's nothing. All right. So I'm back down. Yep. So he, he, like from the ground, his, his his arm stretches out, his fist is bald, and it kind of explodes in that kind of nightmarish, almost like rockish golem-like uh, formation. <laughs> he sends you up and on your back again. Then, on his turn, Fuck. he gets up, so he's not laying on the ground anymore. And then the first attack misses. His second attack crashes in One failed death save. She's gonna but yeah, bonus action turn into a giant spider. And then it has a 30 foot climb speed, so she's gonna climb down the 30 feet. <laughs> and uh it has a web attack. Oh. So she's gonna web attack him. Which is it's cut close, I think. This is 16 to hit. That's a hit. That's his AC. Oh, fuck me. All right. <laughs> oh. So right now, so on a hit, he's restrained. Oh. Completely wrapped up. So after you go, he's, got his, he's fighting this. He's very angry about this, but he's still focused on Greg. And he says, mm-hmm. if it makes you feel better. I'll make sure I wear your face when I raise your kid. And he's going for the attack. Crack into his ribs again. Another failed death save. It is now Greg's turn. Okay, so I got the 2d6. Poor Greg, he's having a rough time. That's nine damage, or not nine damage, nine health. No damage. Greg chokes on Sergeant Swole. (laughs) He just roars as he comes back to consciousness. Does he kip up? Yep, kips back up. And you know what? Since he's right next to him, he's going to kip, kip, kip up. And as he kips up, that's going to be one of his attacks. Is try to kick him while he does that. Oh, nice. I think, let's see, that's a 18 to hit. You kip up, catch him with that kind of somersault kick. He f- reels back. He will not go down. He is not done. He will not let this go. Still not a fucking, like, I just don't. One crit out of all these dice up wrong. One crit, man. Come on. That's a 17 Callie, to hit, you, though. You fucking elbow dropped him from 200 feet. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And that's seven damage. He almost loses his footing from the restraining of the webs. He can barely hold on, but he hates you so much he's still here. And then another attack. Um, 16. It's a hit. Barely fucking hit. Come on. Come on. Nine damage. How do you put him down? Oh my god, thank Jesus Christ. <laughs> he just 
Um, God, how does he? He like when he kips up, gets him, punches him like up, like kind of like punches him up into the stomach, and then just like one good, uh, just like punch right to the side of his temple to knock him down. And he goes reeling, and then the, he can't. Uh, he's no longer fighting the webs, so Layla's webs pull him back and slam him against a building. Mm-hmm. And as he cracks against the building, he begins to melt. He's melting? Oh, God. He loses his shape. He suckles and drips and ebbs away, leaving nothing behind but the nightmarish, all-too-familiar inky substance, Mm -hmm. which is now wrapped, almost suffocatingly so, against a much smaller shape. Lucy? And then he's going to try to run. You rush over and you slide next to this mass. You can't see anything underneath. Yeah, he's trying to, like, move, pull, yeah, So you swipe. rip the strands apart. You do everything you can to free whatever's in there. And afterwards, can you describe Lucy for us? Uh, <clears throat> Lucy is just a small... Little boy, very pale-looking skin. Um, He's got, like, white blonde hair. Pointy little ears. You know, like, sky blue. Sparkling eyes normally. I don't know if they're sparkling right now. You're unable to see the eyes right now. Instead, you just see him. He's on the ground. He can't move. But he can now breathe. And Greg just picks him up and cradles him and just, my, my boy, my little angel. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I left you behind, buddy. Your daddy's here now. He's here now. You don't get any kind of response. Not at first. And then... To hold, to be in this kind of moment is to not be able to think coherently. You're not, all you can do is hold your son. All you can do is be there. Time, consequence, these things don't exist for you. You could be there forever and not know it, but the moment that you feel that twitch in his right shoulder, that moment that you can feel him start to respond in any way, what is that for you? He just... Yeah, he he just feels like all that... all that worry and guilt and just anger he felt kind of melts away and he just starts like tears of joy coming down his face and he just holds him a little bit tighter and just my boy my boy my daddy's here and Lucy kind of moves around a bit and looks up at you and you see the sky open up as his eyes open up the sky above you peels back the the 
death, the darkness, the end of stars is no longer what lies above you. Instead, what you see above you is what you see in your son's eyes, the beautiful sky itself. And he opens his mouth to say something. He does not have the strength. And instead, all he can do is kind of bring his head into your chest, places his small hand on your shoulder because he finally knows that he's okay. Layla and Greg have duties as dreamwalkers. They need to get back as soon as possible. What they've learned here, what they've seen the mirror walk be able to do, the fact that they've watching the skies die and watching the visions that Layla's feared finally come to fruition. Every one of those things must be brought to the Dreamwalkers who are currently planning the end of this entire story. And none of this matters to Greg as he finally holds his son for just a moment longer. And that's where we're going to stop. Yep. Yeah.